Welcome to today's St. Paul's Church of the Voyager podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Fiesler, and I am glad that you are listening today. Hello, I'm Alan Kinzel. My wife, Lisa, and I and my sons, Matt and Nick, have been members of the St. Paul's community proudly for about nine years now. And today I want to read the scripture from Luke 21, verse 29 through 36. Then he told them in a parable, Look at the fig and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you will see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so your hearts are not weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch up to you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and stand before the Son of Man. This may come as a shock to you, but we who are pastors receive lots of email forwards. Lots. It may also come as a a shock to you when I confess that I will often hit delete before reading any of these email forwards particularly if the content seems to include the latest conspiracy theory or political propaganda. And for the record, among my clergy colleagues, we never, ever forward those emails that include the guilt-inducing line, something like, if you truly love God, you will forward this to 10 of your friends to let them know that you are not ashamed to say that you love God. But there is one email forward that I have received several times, and I never fail to reread this particular email forward. It's called Children's Letters to God. And whenever I I receive it, I I reread it because it gives me so much joy. For example, Joyce writes, Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I asked for was a puppy. Anita writes, Dear God, is it true that my father won't get into heaven if he uses golf words in the house? Jeff writes, Dear God, it's great the way you always get the stars in the right place. Why can't you do that with the moon? And this one is one of my favorites from Amanda. Dear God, Please put another holiday between Easter and Christmas. There's nothing good in there right now. Amanda is so right, isn't she? 
depending on where Easter falls, either March or April, it can then take between eight and nine months to get to Christmas. Eight to nine months. I wonder what else takes between eight and nine months before something good arrives. But here we are at the second Sunday of Advent. As Pastor Susan said last week, uh, Advent includes four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And, and the word Advent means coming or arrival. But in Christian thinking, we are not only waiting for the arrival of Christmas. In Advent, we are waiting, hoping for something else that is also coming. Like Amanda, Christians are hoping that God will soon put another holiday onto the calendar. Jesus talks about this anticipated holiday uh, beginning a little bit before the reading that Alan shared with us. And if you have a Bible, you might want to open it up because I'm going to read the four verses that precede verse 29, beginning in verse 25. This is what Jesus says. And this is coming from the message translation of the Bible. It will seem like all hell has broken loose. Sun, moon, stars, earth, sea, in an uproar. And everyone all over the world in a panic. The wind knocked out of them by the threat of doom. The powers that be quaking. And then, then, they'll see the Son of Man coming in glorious style. A glorious welcome. When all this starts to happen, up on your feet. Stand tall with your heads up high. Help is on the way. Now, this is tricky. Because what this tells us is, yes, we are waiting for another holiday between Easter and Christmas. But it also tells us that we as Christians are living in between two Advents. <clears throat> and Luke's gospel tells us about both of them. At the beginning of the gospel, <clears throat> Luke tells us about the events leading up to Jesus' birth. The period of waiting and anticipation and all of the signs that come before the birth of Mary's baby. Luke describes this first advent in chapters 1 and 2 of his gospel. But in Luke 21, Jesus is preparing his disciples for another period of waiting, a second advent that will affect everyone 
who lives on the face of the earth. And, and what is to come sounds a bit scary, doesn't it? The sun, the moon, the stars, and on earth distress caused by the roaring of the sea and waves. Jesus seems to be describing events that remind us of the sheer power and the unexpected nature of a tsunami or an earthquake. Natural catastrophes, which when they happen, remind us that we are not the masters of our universe. Now, some preachers have another name for this second advent, the so-called end times. End times speculation is a billion-dollar industry where prophecy buffs correlate enigmatic scripture passages to world events and, and they even use computer charts to come up with predictions. And they're always wrong predictions about when Christ will come and the world will end. Now, orthodox theologians throughout history and the Bible itself are much more modest about end times speculation. None of the New Testament writers ever used the term second coming or end times. The Reformed theologian John Calvin, who you know, the Presbyterians, the whole Reformed tradition traces back to, he wrote commentaries on every single book of the Bible except one. When he got to Revelation, he put his pen down. Karl Barth was a Swiss theologian, just ahead of World War II, and he wrote 14 volumes on church dogmatics. Sounds like really exciting reading, right? 14 volumes on church dogmatics, and this is what he said about end-time speculation. He said, we can't even fathom the second advent and we stammer when we try to speak of it. Friends, realize that every person who has predicted the date of Christ's return has been wrong. And in my estimation, it's arrogance that we, can, that we believe we can or, or should even try to predict such things. But I also don't believe we should ignore the hope of Christ's return altogether. As one theologian says, is it better to live with a low ceiling over our lives with no room there for the incoming Lord to put it in terms of Amanda's letter to God, is it better for us to live without any expectation that God will put another holiday between Easter and Christmas? 
I don't think so. To live with such a low ceiling, with no room, no hope that God will bring about the radical healing of the world, that seems to me as bleak as the fatalistic escapism that so often marks end times speculation. But I wish that we would listen more carefully to what Jesus has to say in passages like this one from Luke 21. If we read the passage with care, we begin to see that Jesus' words are not focused on fear and damnation. They are words full of hope and anticipation. Help is on the way. So Jesus encourages us to raise up our heads and to raise up our hopes, even when it seems that the world is crashing down all about us. Stand up and raise your heads so that your vision isn't limited by what you see that is frightening you, even as others are fainting from fear and foreboding. Stand up and raise your heads so that you can imagine and anticipate the kingdom of God which is coming. And it is a kingdom that is marked by peace, hope, joy, and love. In, in verse 34, uh, Jesus tells his disciples this. He says, uh, and this is uh, from what Alan read, uh, be on your guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. Again, I want to read those same words as they're translated uh, in the message. It says, be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Well, whichever translation we prefer... It's clear that Jesus is warning us against celebrating Christmas in the exact same ways that we have become accustomed to. As if that's the climax of the story. As if there's nothing else on the horizon to hope for. Why? Not because Jesus is a Grinch. But because Jesus wants us to live with an exceptionally high ceiling, a much higher ceiling than we do. And it's not just passively waiting for God to do something. It's having a willingness to stand up, to raise up our heads and, and to work in the same direction as what we are hoping for. 
in his book, To Heal a Fractured World, Jonathan Sachs uh, points to a major difference between optimism and hope. And he writes this, Optimism is the belief that the world is changing for the better. Hope is the belief that together we can make the world better. Optimism is a passive virtue. Hope is an active one. It needs no courage to be an optimist, but it takes a great deal of courage to have hope. That is uh, biblical hope. That's the definition of biblical hope. 250 years ago, well, actually more than that, uh, the Connecticut House of Representatives was in session on a bright day in May, and all of the delegates were able to work by uh, natural light. But then, right in the middle of a floor debate, there was an eclipse of the sun, and everything turned to darkness. Some of the legislators thought it was the second coming. So a clamor arose. Some of them wanted to adjourn. Some wanted to stop and pray. Some wanted to prepare for the coming of the Lord. The Speaker of the House rose and said, We are all upset by the darkness, and some of us are afraid. But the day of the Lord is either approaching... Or it is not. If it is not, there is no cause for adjournment. And if the Lord is returning, I for one choose to be found doing my duty. Meaning attending to the work that is right in front of him. And so as we live between two advents, waiting for God to put another holy day between Easter and Christmas. May our St. Paul's community of disciple, disciples be living lives of great and overflowing hope. Amen.